Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's going just fine. Well, good. This is our Wednesday night case updates show. And man, there's a lot. And I know we say that every week, but it always kind of feels that way lately. Mm -hmm. There is stuff happening in our cases all the time well and i guess maybe it feels like there's so a lot because we have more and more and more and more cases <laughs> so. yes yeah well and i did a deep dive today i know you did too <laughs> so yeah but you know what i went on one deep dive that i'm really disgusted about and i want to mention it before i forget it well please do what's that i got to thinking today about well, a cannibalism case, and we did get some info on that. But then I got to thinking about the other heinous dead person uh, situation that happened here in Idaho last fall, of course, the Downard Funeral Home incident. Yes. And so I went to the Idaho uh, Court's website to do a little scanning for Lance Peck, the owner, and Mm -hmm. anything I could find. And, you know, I am beyond disgusted that he has not been charged with a single thing still. He's just not going to be. No, he's just not. They this just is going to be some good old silent. Yep, it just it gets left under the rug. After they did some horrendous things that really hurt people, and are going to get away with it, and that it's wrong. It's it's totally wrong. Surely, surely, there could be multiple abuse of a corpse charges there, at the right? very freaking least well and what about fraud you know yeah <laughs> they what were paid fraud? to do jobs they did not do mm-hmm. so yeah it just pisses me off the rhetoric that he's a really nice guy he's a mormon <laughs> religious guy he was just open over his head that just seems to be sticking and i am just sick about it that is wrong it is it is very wrong and it's true cranky that he will probably face civil lawsuits I hope so. Well, they there there were people who had prepaid for their funerals to them. Yeah. Um, you know, not to mention families whose family members ashes were missing and you know, all that stuff. Somebody will probably sue them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't I mean, I hope he's not allowed to own a funeral home again. Right? But you know, with no charges or anything. Yeah. I don't even know. It's just awful. I know. I know. So that was the one dive I did today that turned up nothing except for just some ire. It's frustrating this because there wrong. was so much in the news for quite a, a few weeks mm-hmm. here and then it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. East Idaho News did one follow-up a few months ago that basically kind of asked the same question, like, what's happening with this? Are we going to see charges? And basically they didn't, They were. it was just all supposition. They didn't know. Right. Because yeah, nothing has happened and I don't think anything's going to happen. I think this is a pity thing Mm -hmm. and a good old boys bullshit kind of thing. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's just not right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Renee says, he'll just move to another state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yikes. That's not right for all of the families that had to go through this. No, it isn't. It isn't. And there should be some comeuppance for this. When you do work like, you know, being a mortician, you have a responsibility, an ethical responsibility and a legal responsibility for those bodies. Absolutely. Come on, man. Yep. Oof. Agreed. Well, that's an interesting start to the show. <laughs> well, I know. I know. I just barely got done researching that because I started thinking about it and wondering what was going on. Yeah, no kidding. His name does need to be shared wherever it could be mm-hmm. so that it's known what, what he's done. Yep. Uh, let's see. Well, gosh, where to start? Katie, why don't you share with us? There's some things going on in the Crumbly's case. So why don't you uh, yeah. share that with us? There's definitely some interesting stuff going on in the Crumbly's case. Uh, they were in court this week and a couple of things happened that were very interesting. First of all, the prosecutor suggested to the judge that we do not refer to the shooter by name. We're not going to say his name in this court. We are not going to give him that kind of fame and notoriety. We're not. Mm -hmm. We'll refer to him as the shooter only. We're not referring to him by name. And the judge said, hells yes, that's correct. I like that a lot. Yep. That's the decision from the judge that they will no longer be referring to, you know, we'll say it one more time, Ethan Crumbly (laughs) by name. He will just be known as the shooter from now on in their court. And I think that is awesome. I do too. I'm really glad that they're finding some ways to take the notoriety out of it because we mm-hmm. know that kids that that uh, do these school shootings, they, they want to be famous. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons they do it. It's not the only one, but it's mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. And, and he's been getting off on it. You know, wants to know how to access his fan mail and shit like that. So there needs to be a real creepy little shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the prosecution has been concerned and the judge has been concerned that there's a conflict of interest with the Crumbly's attorneys because their attorneys share a law office. They are partners and they are one they are each representing one of the crumblies. Yeah. Which is a unique situation that doesn't normally happen. And the judge questioned this from the get-go. Yes. About whether or not this was really okay. And they're like, oh no, no, judge, it's fine. There's no conflict of interest. No, no, no. It's all good. We can be professional about this. This is fine. And the judge was like, Well, yeah, you remember this. She had discussed this with the crumblies and said, Yeah, you don't have to. You can always change attorneys. Like, I don't know about this. Mm. Well, the prosecution also said, we don't like this because this raises the chances of a mistrial to a level that we are very uncomfortable with. And the judge agreed and ordered that the Crumleys each have to have another attorney on board that is not either of the two of these women. So they can continue to be involved in their case, but they can't be the only attorneys on the case to try to get some separation from that. And I'm glad for that because, yeah, mm-hmm. you you just don't know what's going to be used later on yeah, down the road as a reason mm-hmm. to uh, have an appeal or a mistrial or whatever because mm-hmm. now they're saying their rights were violated even though they chose this situation. Well, I mean, this is a Chad and Lori situation. Mm-hmm. If one or the other one decides to testify against the other 
and their attorneys are both wrapped up in the midst of this. Like, this is messy. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that she did. Uh, you know, like I said, the judge has been concerned about this from the get-go. Yeah. So I'm glad she finally looked at it and went, mm, truly, this isn't okay. Because yeah. it's not. No, it isn't. Yeah, I'm glad for that, too. It. Um, we have to do everything possible to make sure that a case is as solid in people's rights as possible in every situation. Yeah. So I do think that's a good thing. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Well, so we've talked with you, you all about Sheriff Roland. Sheriff Roland is the sheriff of Bingham County, Idaho, which is just one County over from me. Mm -hmm. And he's being charged in an incident where he assaulted a woman and threatened her with a gun while um, she and a a group of young women were out doing a youth group activity and he kind of lost his shit. And so something interesting that's going on right now is that the uh, Idaho Attorney General's office has said that there is a conflict of interest in um, the defense attorney at the uh, sheriff is using mm-hmm. and that defense attorney is Justin Olison. Yeah. And so they don't think, cause he's a County prosecutor mm-hmm. and they think, mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't think that that's the right thing to do. And so they're saying that he's going to have to get a new attorney. Yep. Which I did not realize that's who his attorney was. But I didn't either. It's the, the first hell? time I've heard that name. These guys just can't seem to do anything by the book, can they? Well, of course not. They're not going to. They're going to do guess not. whatever, you know, they want, basically. This is how it goes in the good old mm-hmm. boys club. And so, yeah, I think that's exactly the point. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Is that they're just going to... Um, you know, do whatever they want. But, you know, now that the attorney general's office is involved locally, somebody might not have had a problem with that, but the attorney general's office is not going to put up with any shit. No, they're most certainly not. And, you know, he's already tried to claim that this entire thing is just a smear campaign by the attorney general's office because they don't like him. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because he assaults his own constituents, asshole. It's not because he pulled a gun and was threatening and terrifying to a car full of teenagers. Right. Yeah, that's not it. Yeah. Oh, GB, I'm sorry. We did mention this in a couple of places, but we haven't mentioned it here. (laughs) The judge has denied the severance of the Chad Daybell, Lori Vallow Daybell uh, murder trial. So their cases will not be severed. They will be tried together. Yep. Well, and on that note... There was a new ruling yesterday. Yes. That has slipped into the uh, annals, into the uh, I-Court records, uh, that there was an order yesterday that was immediately sealed. So again, we don't have a clue what it is. But it was in Lori's case. It was in Lori's case. So we are still expecting that she's probably going to be showing back up in jail. Mm -hmm. And they're, Mm -hmm. you know... Of course, not talking, and we we don't believe they will. That nothing will be stated publicly until she has been returned to the jail. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so no severance um, there. The judge just didn't 
feel like Pryor's um, evidence was enough. Yeah. I think we talked about that. He really didn't prove, um, you know, his case. Yeah. And we also really feel like the judge knows that Lori's about to come back into the fray. And so mm -hmm. to him, this is a non-issue. Yeah. Definitely treated it like a non-issue, didn't he? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it just really seems like she is looking pretty spiffed up and ready to come back to court. It is. It is looking that way. So it really looks to me like that's what her attorney wants. Yes, I think so. I feel like he wants to get the show on the road here. Well, it shouldn't be a big surprise to any of us to think that just maybe Mark Means caused a bunch of bullshit that really maybe didn't need to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. She was still assessed by multiple yeah. people. So I, I still think that there were some issues there. But are they yeah. as severe as Means was putting out there? No. Yeah. Never. No. And, and can they be resolved? Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So also in the Daybell Vallo situation, we had court this morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, court this morning. Yikes. So. Yet another trip to the belligerent turd circus. Yes. So Pryor has filed several different versions of please dismiss this case altogether against my against my client which we all know is ridiculous mm -hmm. for what they litany of reasons yes many Hoping reasons something sick. yeah yeah so what they argued today was that the grand jury that indicted Chad and Lori was not seated impartially mm -hmm. which was pretty interesting because uh, Pryor doesn't know anything. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff he doesn't know. Right now, until today, he doesn't even, didn't even know who the grand jurors were. Yeah. Only knew them by number, not by name. Mm -hmm. And seems to want to try to get the judge to see that grand jury as a trial jury. And they're very mm -hmm. different with mm -hmm. very different jobs. Yeah. And, you know, the the grand jury's job is um, it's an investigative tool. Basically, mm -hmm. they're just they're trying to determine, you know, is there enough evidence to go to trial here? So they don't have the same rules of impartiality that um, trial um, juries do. It's different. No, the rules are and different. They're vetted differently. Yeah, they're vetted differently. They're vetted not as. Not not even necessarily by one individual case. They may right. just be, um, you know, receive jury duty for a grand jury. Mm -hmm. And they don't even know what they're going to be, you know, necessarily talking about or, you know, right. presented to them. So that was argued today with Pryor and Lindsay Blake from Fremont County. Lindsay, mm -hmm. who struggled a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but part of the reason for that is that they can't release any information about that grand jury in pub in open court. And so she was censoring everything she was going to say. They also, the, the prosecution has asked for more time to respond in a written form. Mm -hmm. File their brief. Yeah. So they have two more weeks to do that. Then after that, Pryor has two more weeks before he responds to that. So mm -hmm. it really He's got to have his crack at the apple. Don't yeah, you know. got to have his crack at the apple. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and then we'll see but we are at least a month out from knowing where that's going to go i mean mm -hmm. not that we don't really already know because mm -hmm. it's not going to go anywhere he's such an ass he and, and paula i really like this comment i noticed that you commented something similar on the video she yeah. said prior argued that there has been too much publicity about the grand jury and this could have been handled in a preliminary hearing your honor uh, like there would have been less publicity for that? Yeah. No, that would have been public. Mm -hmm. He has tried so hard to have it both ways with publicity and the public. Uh, he sure has. He just <laughs> wants to be persnickety and bitchy. He just mm -hmm. wants to be. It doesn't matter what it is. He's not going to like it. But well, and he's pissed that this happened behind his back, you know? Yeah. Because defense attorneys do not decide. get notified about these things. Yeah. He literally said, I didn't choose to have a grand jury, your honor. Of course yeah. you didn't. That's yeah, not your Dumb -dumb. job. If you want to choose to have a grand jury prior, you have need to get a different job. Yeah. Oh, Cranky, you looked it up. A crack at the apple. Yeah, <laughs> someone looked it up for us this morning as well. And well, it's hilarious. Not really go a legal at, term. No. Go look it up in uh, Urban Dictionary and you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> um, Right, Amy. He's he's always fishing for more information, more information, and always implying that they have something he doesn't know about and mm -hmm. all this stuff. So that's well, that going to be a while before we get much more out yeah. of it. Well, that was part of his bitch today because he's trying to get all three prosecutors dismissed for prosecutorial misconduct, which is a rare thing to have happen. And yet between means and prior, they have tried over and over and over to no avail. But he yeah. says that they didn't give him everything from the grand jury, that they've withheld some of it, and that that's illegal, and that they blah, 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 and they should all just be dismissed and, you know, thrown into the river or whatever. I mean, he's so dramatic. But here's what's true. They didn't have the authority to give him the thing he was asking for. Right. He wants the names of the grand jurors, and they don't have the authorization to do that. And that's why they didn't give it to him. And again, Lindsay Blake said, we would be more than happy for to give you that if you asked for it, if you filed in the court and asked for it so the judge can order us to give it to you. We will, but we can't just give it to you because that's the law. Right. And yet uh, that's he's constantly trying to outsmart and gaslight the judge. Mm. And that's just never going to work. Voice is no. way, way sharper of a dude than this guy is. He is. And why does he want the just... names? Because he wants to try to prove that they knew Chad or were related to the sus or to the uh to the case in some way. To the case in some way. Sorry, to the uh testifiers. What are they called? The, <laughs> the witnesses. witnesses. God. Yeah. To the witnesses in some way. I mean, he literally in his brief claims, apparently, we haven't seen the brief because it was sealed. But from what we can gather from what he said today and from what the defense or the prosecution said today, he's claiming that the grand jury was seated improperly because there were people on the grand jury that know of this case or know of Chad or know of some of the people that were testifying. Well, yeah, they probably did. Yeah. But that doesn't make this illegal. It doesn't no. make it the reason to just throw Chad's charges out the window at right. all. He doesn't. He he wants to equate this with the same level of vetting that a trial uh, jury has to have, and it isn't the same. That is not true because this that all that the grand jury can do is indict; they can't convict. Mm 
Right. And so the main remedy for if there was conflict of interest with anybody is the trial jury. <laughs> it's That's what the law says. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is probably not going to go anywhere. Um, it was kind of brutal. It went on for way too long. And mm-hmm. it was hard. You can tell that the prosecution was not very prepared. Mm-hmm. They need to get their shit together here. But I also mm-hmm. think that Pryor just constantly keeps them overwhelmed with yep. more and more and more violence. Like this. Well, he said last week, you know, if you deny this, then I'm going to file this. I'm going to push this. Like he basically threatened the judge with, I'm going to waste as much of your time as I possibly can if you don't give me something I want. Right. Because if they deny this dismissal for this reason, he has all these other reasons for dismissal. And so we're going to see can a lot of this, can the grand jury be named? No, it's illegal. You can't name. He can get the names if he asks for them, but Mm -hmm. publicly, no, they can't. Mm -mm. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, it was definitely a battle today. Um, But there's just no, Pryor just wants to rewrite the law Mm -hmm. to match what he thinks it should say. Mm -hmm. And it just, that has not been successful for him at all so far with this judge. This judge has shot him down over and over again on those kinds of things and and will continue to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to go anywhere. It's annoying and frustrating and sometimes a pretty uh, shocking, honestly, the stuff that he says and does. The way he says things to the judge as if they are just matter of fact, fact, yes, that are not. And you know damn well he knows. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. He's just wasting time. Um. Yeah, right. And even if the jury was found to not be impartial, yeah, Chad, it, it, it yeah. means they'd have a preliminary hearing and still indict him. I mean, it doesn't right. mean that the charges would be dropped. It, it, they would just bring them in a different way. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, ju- the judge can't kick him for the case for those kinds of things. That's just the kind of stuff defense attorneys do, hoping mm-hmm. they're going to get a judge to agree with them. Yeah. 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 So... We're going to just keep watching, of course, this and keep watching to see if we see some indication that Lori is back at the jail because we're really wondering. Really wondering. Yeah. Yeah. The judge is very patient with Pryor. He was also very patient with Lindsay Blake today because she was was struggling. Mm -hmm. But she has been a prosecutor for about a year. So this is all new to her, too. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. Before they went into the breakout, when they first started... Archibald and Wood were both there. Mm-hmm. And then when they came out from the breakout, they were both gone. And it was just Lindsay. Yeah. So they must have made a decision that she would be the one. Well, and of course, resting Toadface himself. Looking yes. particularly creepy in the jail creepy. lighting. Holy. Yeah, it was in this weird dim lighting. And yeah, mm-hmm. straight as a stick and barely moving mm-hmm. again. It was really weird. Yeah. Very creepy. Yeah. Yes, at Paula every time prior asking to be excused from the hearing. Every time the hearing starts to wrap up here, judge goes, judge, may we be excused? But you got yeah. a body. I mean, what? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I've never once heard a prosecutor ask that. No, no. But, you know, they, they have to keep the attention on them. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll keep watching. You know, there's there's always more to come in that case. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about. <laughs> talk about josh duggar 
I mean, do we have to talk about Josh Duggar? Christ's sake. So oh, Josh Duggar. Oh, go ahead. That's yours. Oh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh Duggar's defense team has asked for a 30 day continuance before he is sentenced. So sentencing is coming up in April and they need more time before they there. It's weird. Like this dude's already been convicted. Like, what are you, what do you need more time for exactly? Fact, like they're headed to pretrial, not sentencing. Yeah, well, and they're like, it's been hard to schedule meetings with him because of COVID-19. Um, yeah, you and everybody else. Mm-hmm. So um, so it's, he's supposed to be sentenced on April 5th at this point. We don't know yet if he will be, if they will grant that or not. But it just seems yeah. ridiculous. Completely. Uh, they've already had one extension on filing briefs. And now they want more. And it's like, for what? He's convicted. Right. Like, come on, let's move on. Right. And the pre-trial. It's uh, not three days, it's 30 days. But yeah, but yeah I mean, what's it really going to do? Yeah. Right. And he's. Like, the judge what, has already received the pre-trial. Longer? Right. The judge has already received, received the pre-trial recommendations. Like, he's ready to roll. Yeah. This is stupid. Yeah. What could they possibly need more time to do? Yeah. For someone, what are they going to bring a character witness in? I mean, right? If you're going to come in and speak on behalf of Josh Duggar positively, then someone should be investigating you. Honestly, I'm guessing that, and maybe this is not nice, maybe I'm wrong, but they have had their hand in the pocket of Daddy Duggar this whole time. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps shelling out for them to just keep trying more shenanigans and bullshit. And right. maybe, you know, they're just trying to, you know, get, I hate to say this, but one more crack at the apple. You know? <laughs> maybe and maybe. I don't know. It seems ridiculous. But we'll be mm-hmm. keeping an eye on that. Yeah. Uh, Katie, do you want to talk about Summer Wells' family? Yeah, there was an interesting re- report that came out from law enforcement a few months, a, a few weeks ago, and we missed it. So I wanted to go ahead and grab it today about Summer Wells that uh, her family has quit uh, cooperating with law enforcement. Now, then grandma and mom, you know, did some kind of redneck display on another news site saying that is absolutely not true. But uh, law enforcement said, yeah, it is. They are not cooperating with us. They are not talking to us. They're actually researching some of the spots that they searched initially. You know, they're not done looking for summer. Right? The, the search goes on. It's just, there's, it's hard to, you know, it's been nine months and there's still so very little to go on. Right. But uh, I, I do think that's interesting, though, that this is uh, what the uh, law enforcement agencies are saying right now, that they are not cooperating. They have also gotten attorneys and lawyered up. So, yeah, I don't know about that. I hate this case a lot and I'm so sad about summer but why did they go lawyer up I mean it's been so long and all of a sudden now they have attorneys now they're not talking why why I know it's very strange I can't imagine if your child was missing that you would stop cooperating with the police Mm -hmm. it's true they truly stopped cooperating a long time ago yeah yeah well and something that the dad said, let me see if I can find it again. Kind of grabbed me. He said something along the lines that uh, his wife told him this rendition of what happened and he didn't 
think Candace would lie to him. Thought that was just really weird. Yeah. Yeah, they are super shady, Karen. They sure are. They are. They're just mm -hmm. they're a nightmare, frankly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so gross. I guess we will continue to watch and see what goes on there. Yeah. Um, Brenda Lee Rawls, we covered her yeah. a few months ago. She was one of the deaths um, that happened in, uh, where is this? Damn, I can't remember. Anyway, there were a couple of different deaths in the same area recently where the police didn't even notify family members that a person had been found dead. Right. And Brenda Lee Rawls was one of them. This was in December. And she was found dead at a friend's house and her family, they couldn't find her body. Like no one told them that she yep. died or where to get her body or anything. So now yeah. the medical examiner has finally come out with a cause of death. And the cause of death is cardiovascular disease mm -hmm. contributing from diabetes. Yep. And the family is like, yeah, sure, whatever. We don't believe that. We want a second autopsy. We don't trust anything that is coming from the police because of the way that they were treated after the fact. Mm -hmm. And I don't it, blame them in the least. This happened in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay. I, and I this, of course, the other death that, of, you know, that is associated, not to this death, but happened the same day, is Lauren Smith-Fields. Yeah. Whose case also yeah. is kind of slowly... Yeah. slowly trudging on yeah same same thing like nobody the police didn't notify family mm -hmm. like her body was found she died in a friend's house and they took her body away and didn't call her family and didn't tell you know nothing was ridiculous so now mm -hmm. her family is seeking um a second autopsy because they just do not trust that um anything that they're being told is true which yeah I don't yep. think you can blame them for that. No. Also, both families have teamed up and are trying, really pushing hard for some legislation around laws regarding, you know, there's not just a nicety, it's a law regarding yeah. uh, uh, notifying families of a death. Yeah. I I thought it was a law. I mean, right. what the hell? Maybe they need a more enforceable law. I, I Me too. These are things that blow my mind. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So also Harvey Marcelin, who we covered uh, covered a couple of days ago, 83-year-old uh, serial killer who mm -hmm. has just been arrested for murdering um, Susan Layman, Layden. Mm -hmm. And they now say that Susan did die from blunt force trauma. So that is, um, they're making some progress on figuring out what the hell yeah. happened. Yeah. They also said that they found on the table in Harvey's apartment some tarot cards, and they're investigating whether or not that had something to do with Susan's death. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> spoiler alert, there's a lot of tarot cards on my desk. Uh, yeah. What the hell? And it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just but, a stupid thing to say. Mm-hmm. There were some saws and shit and some tarot cards on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Saws mm -hmm. used to cut up Susan's body, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's going to continue to roll out. Yeah. 
Uh, Katie, do you want to talk about the update with Mason Dominguez and Brandon Toseland from oh. Las Vegas? You guys, I don't know about this case. Okay, this is the case where the mom slipped the notes into, we were initially told bag, and then it, they said it was sock of her little girl, the post-it notes that she took to school in Las Vegas. And then the police came back, you know, and found them and discovered that uh, supposedly her story is that uh, the boyfriend, Brandon, had gotten really, really weird and controlling and that sometime in December, little Mason, who was four, got sick and he took him into their bedroom and wouldn't allow her in there. That all of the, ha the house was barricaded with uh, cameras and locked doors and they were kept separate, mom and the two kids from each other when they were at home. And that they, uh, that he took the little boy into his bedroom when he was ill and then uh, she's never seen him again. Yeah. That was in December. So then uh, around the first part of March, she sends these notes to school with her daughter, uh, you know, claiming that she's being held captive and she thinks something may have happened to her little boy and yada, yada. Right. So you guys, you probably know that case. If you don't, you can go find it. Uh, Brandon, we re-reported on it. Brandon Toslin is the uh, the accused, the boyfriend. Well, it's a it's a challenging situation because. Brandon's ex-girlfriend is the sister of Daisha, the mom, of yeah. her deceased husband. Right. And the family says there was an affair going on and yada yada. Because, you know, her husband only died a year ago. And, and two months later, she and the kids moved it into Brandon's house. So right. anyway, there's a lot of drama there that we don't really have to go clear into. But that's kind of the background of it, right? So yeah. now... There has been uh, an interview with the ex-girlfriend, who's also the aunt, you know, of the little boy who was murdered. Mm -hmm. You guys, her children have been going over to that house for visitation all the while. Yeah. They've been going there where Mason's been in the freezer since December. Yeah. Well, and yeah. also... They've been going there while she was apparently being held against her will. I just, oh, it doesn't fit, sit right. I know. I don't like this. I'm very bothered by it and confused by it. You know, a lot of people that know this family have felt like whatever was being said, you know, here about Daisha being a victim and whatnot, that they didn't believe it was true. And I will always take the victim's side, always. And so... That's the lens I have tried to look at this case through, but I think this is very troubling. Mm -hmm. Very troubling. How were those kids going over there and not noticing that someone was missing? Yeah. She was Why? completely shocked when this arrest happened. She said that she sees Daisha quite a bit, that they exchange the kids constantly with no incident whatsoever. Everybody's friendly, smiling, acting completely normal. She said she did not have any inkling whatsoever that there was anything wrong. That is just, that's not cool. Something else is going on there. That's mm -hmm. very creepy. I think it's very creepy too and, and, and concerning. The whole thing I think is just really concerning. 
So I'm not saying anything is or isn't. I just am saying I think that adds another layer to this that is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is very strange. So we're going to keep an eye on that because things mm -hmm. just don't, they're not adding up. Yeah. The way that we would like them to, you know? No, it's just concerning. It's weird. It's mm -hmm. weird. But also if I'm her, I would be flat freaking terrified right now thinking that my little children yeah. have been going to that house where there was a dead child in the freezer. Yeah. It had been murdered by yeah, their dad. Mm, so scary. So we'll yeah. keep an eye on that, but that definitely brings the whole thing into a different light. I think. Mm -hmm. I think so too. So we'll keep an eye out. Well, and speaking of things that do not add up, how about Nick Alaverdian, Nick Rossi, <laughs> Arthur Brown, whoever the <laughs> hell that guy is? What the hell is going on? I don't know. You guys, we've talked about Nick Alaverdian. We did a. <laughs> We did a story on him a few weeks or a couple months ago. Uh, he's the guy who faked his death and moved to Ireland, Scotland, Scotland, Scotland. Scotland. Um, and he's wanted for some rapes. He's wanted for embezzlement. He's wanted for all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So he went into a hospital in Scotland with COVID-19 and his tattoos were um recognized by staff and he was turned in that he is Nick Aliverdian or Nick Rossi and mm -hmm. you know well he's now saying that his name is actually Arthur Brown and he is not that guy at all that isn't even him and he doesn't know what anyone's talking about he doesn't have a single tattoo none of this is true mm -hmm. and his his adoptive father says yeah that's my son that, that, that's this asshole yeah his yeah. dad's like, no, uh, I would think I'd know my kid if I see him. Yeah. but So now they're going to have to do DNA to prove who he mm -hmm. is because he's awaiting extradition to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, well, I'm not even that guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He has a marriage certificate that shows that he got married in Scotland two years ago. Yeah. And it just couldn't possibly be him. He says he has never been to the U.S. ever. He also claims he doesn't have any tattoos. Yeah. Well, that's pretty easy to prove. And so is DNA. Some evidence that he might have been like trying to get his tattoos removed as fast as he could. But, you know, that is not fast. And you'd still have scars. Yeah. You'd still have some stuff. Yeah. So that guy. What the hell? Yeah. So I posted <laughs> an article in case you guys are interested. Because uh, I think this is hilarious and crazy. Yeah. Now, what if the DNA up. comes back that it really isn't him? <laughs> but why now? I mean, mm -hmm. this all came out months ago. Mm -hmm. And now suddenly he's saying he's not that guy. Well, Where was he? Why wasn't he saying that? Extradite, the only thing you can really do to fight an extradition is to prove that you aren't the person that they need. Right. That's so true. that's what he's trying to do. And he's managed to wiggle himself out of other issues. So. This is just an attempt to wiggle out of this one. Right. Right. It, it is. And, and he's just going to try. He's such a con artist. He's going to yeah. try anything. I but still think it's Nick. I do, too. I absolutely think it's him. I have no doubt. But. Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> Speaking of belligerent turd circus. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and let's. Marching on. 
Yeah, it sure does. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about James David Russell. Oh, yeah. So James David Russell is, he's the cannibal from Northern Idaho. We covered this mm -hmm. case not long ago as well. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because he's been found incompetent to stand trial. Mm -hmm. And has been in a mental health program to make that better. And, you know, to help him get to a point where he can be tried. Mm -hmm. And he, like, they're being all public about everything that's going on with him. It's a huge 180 from what's going on with Lori Vallow. Daybell. Yeah. It's really strange. This doesn't seem to be sealed. It isn't. And things are yeah. being talked about publicly. So yeah. I don't know if it's only because his attorney has not asked for it to be sealed. And maybe it's because I don't know. Here's what uh, here's the quote from the article that we found so interesting. Uh, in Russell's case, Dr. Walter Campbell, chief psychologist at the Idaho Department of Corrections, attended the hearing virtually in addition to state prosecutors and defenders. First District Magistrate Judge Tara Hardin asked Campbell directly about Russell's progress in the program. We're still in the process, Campbell said. We are optimistic we can conclude within the time frame of the order. Yeah. It's weird, but he is the chief psychologist for the Idaho Department of Corrections, yeah. not the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. Health and welfare. Yeah. So maybe this is why he's in some program that's run by corrections, not health and welfare. This is right. all the same state, guys. This is all right. Idaho. That's where we are very confused. Mm -hmm. The article said, while committed to the program, individuals work with a variety of medical professionals. The purpose of the program is to ensure an individual is mentally competent enough to understand and participate in court proceedings. Yeah. What? It does not, because yeah. you know what? He's not committed. And I guess here, that's the difference. He's in the Department of Corrections, not the Department of Health and Welfare. So he's not in the hospital. Yeah. He's in a program that's happening through corrections. It's mm -hmm. very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is very confusing. So yeah. I don't know. We're not sure what all that means, but we're keeping mm -hmm. an eye on that case. Yeah. Just very interesting. interesting that Lori was hospitalized and he wasn't. Mm -hmm. But we also and, know other people, criminals, that were hospitalized. Like, it's, this is weird. Yeah, I wish I understood better. Here's the deal, though. He's in northern Idaho, and we're Ooh. in southern Idaho. And northern Idaho and southern Idaho might as well be different states. Mm -hmm. They are so inherently different. Well, and there's a vast wilderness that separates us. Yeah, you can't even drive from even southern drive Idaho through. to northern Idaho without going out into another state and around. Mm-hmm. And uh, things are just being handled different up there. It's just very I strange bet. to me. But to hear a psychologist in court discussing the uh, the patient's case publicly, where yeah. they have sealed absolutely any hint of Lori's mental health stuff down here, is odd to me. Yeah. It is. It's really strange. So it's something we're going to keep an eye on. We're trying to understand why they're in such different situations mm -hmm. considering they're both found incompetent to stand trial i mean the state does that yeah. differently for different people that doesn't make mm -hmm. sense 
I don't know. Or, or if he just doesn't, his attorney has not pushed for confidentiality and has not pushed for hospitalization. And that could be. Yeah, maybe that could be. Maybe. So I don't know. In other. Yeah, totally. In other weird news, Harmony Montgomery's father's girlfriend has been found dead. Yeah. That Maybe girl he was Kelsey with Small. when they picked him up when he was arrested that he was living in his car with. Yeah. He died. Yeah. Very strange. Just mm-hmm. we don't know that it's connected necessarily, but it's odd. Mm-hmm. She died in a hotel room. And I read through the comments on the initial article, like right from their community. And ooh, there were some people defending her hard and didn't want anyone to uh you know, connect her to him or to this case. She had nothing to do with it. She never even met Harmony. She was long gone before she ever even met him, and which is probably true. They did not say what. Lots of people in the comments uh, supposed that it was an OD, but mm-hmm. the people that were defending her and her family absolutely emphatically denied that it was absolutely not an OD, that she did not do drugs or alcohol. That whole crew of people are addicts, so I don't know. I'm not saying it was or it wasn't, but that was a little iffy to me. But no, yeah. they have not said what. Yeah, they've not said what she died of, but it's just odd. Mm-hmm. Everything around that case is odd, and this is one more thing mm-hmm. that is odd. Yeah. So I have uh, one other thing. Katie, do you have anything else? Uh, just the Wests. Oh, the Wests. Yes. Duh. Sorry. Go for it. So... We're all familiar by now with Trezell and Jacqueline West. They are the adopted parents of Orson and, good Lord, Oral and Orson West. Sorry, I'm having a Orin. momentary, Oren, Oren, yeah. Oren and Orson. Oren and Orson West. And they, of course, have been charged now in their murders. The brief that uh, accompanied the arrest warrant I have a few things in it that are really disturbing. And one of them was that uh, at one point they had employed the help of the older children in abusing these children. Yeah. Uh, It's a horrible situation. They have two boys that are their bio kids. Then they adopted two boys and then they adopted two more boys. And that's the youngest boys, the ones that uh, had gone missing last fall or last year. And now they've determined that they actually murdered them three months before they ever reported them missing. Yeah. And so anyway, these fools have now both been arrested and charged and they're both sitting in jail. And they have requested visitation with their other children. Who are all in the system right now. They've been Mm -hmm. placed in foster care while Mm -hmm. we get while they get this figured out. And these assholes want to see those kids. They want to have visitation with them. So not only did the judge say, you got to be freaking kidding me. Mm-hmm. He said, actually, I think that a protective order is in, is called for here. You yes. are to have no contact with those kids. Here's the thing. I think it's very likely that some of those kids will end up as witnesses. Well, yeah, they will. Maybe not. They can't be compelled to testify against their parents. Uh, Well, depending on the state and the state law. There's Mm -hmm. a federal law around it. There's a state law around it. We have just discussed this. 
uh, yeah. regarding another case. But at any rate, um, it could easily be that these kids, uh, you know, once they got them away from these assholes and started talking to them, that they've learned a whole lot about what happened to those boys. Anyway, so of course the judge said, you're charged with murdering two of your kids. You want to hang out with the other kids? Not happening. No. Yeah. How no. gross and ridiculous is that? Very gross and very ridiculous. What the hell? So thank goodness the judge, you know. Yeah. Said no, of course. I can't imagine any judge saying yes to that at they, all. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. Well, and, and you can imagine that these two are scared to death about what the kids are going to say. Or maybe have already said, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is probably, there's probably questions, you know, that they want to find out what the kids know, what the kids have said, what the mm -hmm. kids have told people. You know, this isn't because they want to see their kids. No. They want to know what the kids are going to say. Mm-hmm. For or sure. Have, or have said, you know, this is a fishing expedition. Oh, completely. Honestly, it's it's an attempt to intimidate witnesses, truly. Mm -hmm. This? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, super gross. Super mm -hmm. gross. So the last thing I have is an article that's coming out of London that I find very interesting. Um, there's been a new um, leader of the Metropolitan Police in um, London for the last five years. Her name is Cressida Dick. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say she's a She's a dick. <laughs> the, okay. So what they're saying, what they're finding is that the rate of homicides that are solved for um, black or Asian people in London has um, gotten real bad. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're saying that there's um, some real racism going on in this police force because when she took over, um, hang on. The unsolved cases when she took over were only 8% of the murders of black and Asian people that were unsolved. Now 21% are unsolved. Mm -hmm. And so they're seeing a real bias in their police department coming right from the top. Mm-hmm. So things are not wow. going well over there. And that mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons it's important to talk about it is that leadership in law enforcement really, really matters. Yeah. About, you know, the attitude of the chief trickles down to everybody else. Yeah. And what a I mean, that's a pretty significant change yeah i still have to say that their murder um solve rate is way better than it is in the u.s yeah. way better um but yeah it's not it's not a good thing and she's being accused of racism and of you know making um murders of black and asian people less of a priority and mm. it's it's ugly wow so but it's a good conversation to be having because we need to be having it here in the u.s as well Mm -hmm. And figuring out, you know, how do we change the culture yeah. in law enforcement or how we change the whole damn system. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely not it's not good. Yeah. 
No, that's way not good. No. I just found that to be interesting as well. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. Something to consider. Wow. Well, I mean, hopefully with studies like that being uh, published about her, maybe uh, the powers that be may consider that uh, she needs to have to take a seat. Yeah, I I think that's, you know, that's what they're trying to say is that Mm -hmm. she needs to move on and they need to be looking at those kinds of attitudes and the culture within their police force. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's beyond anything I can fathom. Mm-hmm. that one a person's race would and i know it's true we we talk about it all the time but i don't understand it personally mm-hmm. um how a person's race can determine whether their murder is important enough to be solved or not mm-hmm. i just i don't i do not understand it a human mm-hmm. being is a human being you don't you know yeah. people's lives have the same value but obviously mm-hmm. that's racism in a nutshell but mm-hmm. it just is so sick to me to think that they would intentionally not care yeah good it's point just, Lynn. It's depraved she said when a prince leaves the country for his wife i believe it no kidding yes, exactly yep yeah yep yep yeah very interesting so that's everything we have for you tonight which was a yeah. lot of stuff so yeah, it was an arm load. Yeah. Um, we will be back tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour. Yes. And we are going to be doing those cards everybody loves. We are. We're going to be doing the spiritual AF cards. That's going to be fun. It's <laughs> always fun. And a it, kick in the dick. Both. It is so. fun. Yes. Yes. It is both. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoy it quite a lot. Um. And, you know, if you haven't seen our episodes for this week, go check them out. We've we covered yeah. some really interesting cases, some funny stuff, some really difficult stuff this mm-hmm. week. It's been quite a week for true crime. So, oh, my God, you know, our case we... broke this morning or well, last night, our Wednesday cases. Yeah. Whoa. It was like three straight, uh, the whole episode, three straight segments of holy shit. Yeah. yeah. But also People kind of funny. Crazy. Just, just to know that if somebody approaches you, would you like to train with me to be a DEA agent? Just run, just run. Yeah, yeah. not get involved with that. If yeah, you for sure say no application, you don't work there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, spirit, you. Yes, we will be doing the spiritual AF cards tomorrow night. So please. Yep. Yeah. It is. T- it's just time for them, for sure. It is definitely time. All right, okay. you guys. Well, thank you so much for being here with us tonight, as always. And if you're joining after the fact, thank you for being here as well. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, all the things to help us just continue to grow. And you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Take care.